Welcome to the Save Our Venues podcast. I will be chatting to people working in venues across the country to get an insight into the current situation and ways we can help them. Today I'll be chatting with Chris from the Salty Dog in Northwich. It's nice to have the opportunity to actually speak directly from, from a venue. We have a lot of people who speak on our behalf. It's not, it doesn't necessarily translate to it. Every venue is very different. We're located in a small town, so yeah. a lot of our um, a lot of the things that affect us don't affect the bigger city venues. Uh, a lot of the things that bigger city venues struggle with, we don't struggle with so much. So it's, it's kind of yeah. it's nice to have a voice. Well, one of the good things about the the actual campaign as well, aside from the work they're doing, is it has it has sort of made you see all the all the different little venues and what yeah. people are doing. If you're outside a local area, again. Some of the, the sort of more well-known city venues, you know, they're the ones that always get mentioned, whereas with this, it's kind of opened it out to all of us. Yeah. Tell me a bit about the venue, yourself. You're obviously in a band. Give me a little summary. Yeah, so basically I played I played in a band. I was in a touring band for uh, 10 years. I, and that, that came to the end uh, because the, the singer was, was ill, unfortunately. And I was, I was in a position where I've got, um, I've got a young daughter. Uh, the idea of being away from home wasn't as appealing as, as yeah. it used to be and I think I've always wanted to always wanted to own a pub from when I was younger yeah, yeah, yeah. And, uh, and yeah it just seemed to fall into place I was, I was doing some work for a brewery at the time so I went into partnership with the owner of the brewery uh, Tatton Brewery in Nutsford yeah we, we just kind of we kind of fumbled our way through into it I don't know like, like all these sort of things we we had an idea what it was going to be and it was, it was going to start off just being a, like a, a real ale bar because there wasn't anything like that in town yeah. and then when we found the venue we were looking at much smaller places, but estate agents just weren't getting back to us. I don't think they really took us very seriously. Right, yeah, yeah. And then, and then there was a, a much bigger building, which before was out of our grasp. It turns out it was, we, we just about managed a budget for it, which meant we could then uh, put in a stage. So it was, it was something that, I think originally, it was always it was always the aim to have a live music venue. But I thought we could have to build up and maybe start with a small bar first and go from there. But yeah. it, it, was just, it was just fortunate, really, that, that we were able to do it. Amazing. So there's two of you that have put in together. Yeah, basically. Uh, I mean, Greg's, Greg's really good. I mean, he's um, he's, he's a, a beer guy. Doesn't really have much input in terms of the music side of things, the venue yeah, side. Yeah, yeah. He's been he's been really great actually. He's kind of just trusted me. What kind of bands do you get in? Do you get bands? Do you get artists? Do you get both? Is it kind of varied um, or is it one style? To try and be as mixed as possible. I mean, what one of the criticisms we get is it's quite largely weighted to indie music, sort of punk alternative sort of music. But we have to kind of deal with what, what's available. We don't have the budgets for bands that don't necessarily draw. There's a, lot, there's a lot of great jazz bands and folk bands and things like that. Yeah. But they all have guarantees and we, we don't have any entertainment budget to speak of. Everything we do has to either pay for itself mm-hmm. or the artists have to be willing to do a sort what of is? DIY kind of approach. If it's a band like we had um, Glenn Matlock from the Pistols play. Oh wow! Uh, yeah. And then Earl, Earl Slick uh, was playing guitar. He was David Bowie's guitarist for, for twenty years. So with something like that, you know you're gonna, you know so, you're gonna. Yeah, sell. yeah. So that's that's not really an issue. But when you've got four shows a week and bands, you're looking for even like moderate sort of guarantees. If you can't be sure that you're gonna get people in paying the ticket. We can't. We just can't do it. A lot of grassroots bands, which is what we wanted to do in the first place, who are willing to sort of, you know, play for the sort of pasta hat kind of thing. And the crowd is generally good. If you if you engage with our crowd, they will, you know, throw into the hat essentially. Yeah. 
but, but it's, yeah, it's, it's a very DIY kind of approach. Yeah, I guess it's difficult. Not a lot of money floating around, so venues have to kind of figure their own ways of putting on shows. If you can kind of use your venue as like a platform and people can come and put on a show. I mean, I, I, play, I play in a band again now. And, you know, if we, if we get anything, it's kind of like, well, great. We're playing venues that are similar to my venue. So yeah. I, I, I don't want to be turning up and, and demanding. And it's, and it's, it's, it's kind of strange, like the, the bands that demand like these sort of small guarantees. And I, I get that nobody wants to lose money doing stuff, but it's it's still sort of like 30, 40 quids. And mm. bands putting that over the bar themselves. For me, from a, from a player in the band position, we, we do it because we like doing it. So we've all got kids, um, yeah, we've all got jobs, all the yeah. rest of it. So playing in the band's kind of, we do it for fun. Dude. I don't want to, I don't want to like particularly like complain about how we're doing it. You get some of these bands and they, and they sort of dictate, you know, well, we're worth this amount of money. And it's like, well, I can't pay you that. And you go, well, this is what we want. It's like, well, okay, well, that, that should be the end of the conversation right there. But then they, they push it and push it. It's like, well, no, you, you're, you're worth whatever whatever the market dictates you're worth. If you're, yeah. you know what I mean? If you were, I don't know, if it was like like you 2 ringing up and like, I was going, well, actually, I don't, I don't know if we're going to get anyone in, lads. They'd be yeah. able to go, well, look, we're, we're, you know, we need 10 million pounds or whatever. I don't know, it's, it's an odd one. It's, it's one of these recurring conversations. Cause I, it know, is, isn't it? Yeah. It's hard because they want to kind of, up the standards of the whole industry but you need the yeah, you need yeah, the totally. funding in place to kind of be able to pay people and i mean i, I, would, I would love to pay everyone whatever guarantee totally. you want yeah yeah uh, i mean we I spent a lot of time playing in, in germany and they actually have uh, their, their local councils invested venues so they'll they will subsidize uh, events and that, wow. that's just a given they, they see it as well if we're funding this culture that's going to lead to successful artists which are going to generate revenue which is going to pay into the economy they're like a completely different approach whereas i don't know you get, you get bands bands especially from the continent that come to england and they turn up at like whichever venue and they're expecting like accommodation and, and like nice local food and all the rest of it and it's you know a couple of Asda sandwiches and a, and a warm case of foster we used to play in my old band we'd board all over but in, in on the continent, it was just a given. It was like, well, where are we staying tonight? Oh, well, we're staying in this hotel. Yeah. What time's dinner? Dinner's then. And then we do um, the same capacity gigs in England. You'd be sat in the cellar of a, of a bar. Or yeah. You'd front of a couch in or something. Yeah, and you go, oh, yeah, we got you right. We, we did, yeah, just didn't bother with it. So, yeah, okay. Uh, such a contrast, <laughs> isn't it? We, have a, we had an award, like uh, Mick, who was the singer of the business. Uh, he had this award. So if, if, any, if, any, if any promoter ever fulfilled every single requirement in the rider he made, he made he like he would like take a, a picture down from a hotel and like repl- like turn it around and replace the frame and and then just make this award and present it to him. Uh, <laughs> that's we, amazing I think, I think in 10 years of the band we did it maybe six times wow but but the rider was ridiculous it had like all, all yeah strange things on. well i did a quiz the other day and it was on stupid riders that people have had and there's that famous one in there of the brown m&ms Oh yeah. Was yeah. it Iggy Pop or I can't remember who it was now. Yeah. Or so Van Halen. Was, it was Van Halen. I, I did. I heard. I heard something about. It. I, don't, I don't know if this is true or not, or just somebody trying to justify nonsense behaviour. But they used to put things like that, uh, but they wouldn't put it in the in the hospitality rider. They put it in a technical rider. So when you're talking about lighting or your know, trusses and, and you know, oh, we need we need X Y Z for this. Mm-hmm. They would go, oh, we want we want a mug of brown M&Ms. And we'd have that there. So if you turned up at a venue and those M&Ms were there, they knew that the, the local techs had read the actual Right. That's pretty clever, that. It is, which is like, yeah. it's, it's more, more clever than, than you'd expect. So that's why I don't necessarily believe it. 
a nice add-on to the story. Yeah, totally. So what is the music scene like in Northwich? Is it loads of people coming in from afar? Like, do people come from Manchester? And uh, it, it depends really on the night. I mean, if we have if we have the bigger bands on, the bigger touring bands, people travel in. There's some national bands that actually have a really big draw and, and a really committed fan base. There's a yeah. band called Headsticks from Stoke. Uh, whenever they play, they, they get people coming in from... There's a girl who flies in from Germany every time they do a little run of gigs. Wow, that's uh, crazy. We've been to our place three or four times now. But, we, but the, the local scene itself is... It, it's good, it's healthy. There's... Like, the kids playing in bands can play. It's not like... I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm nearly 40. When we were playing as kids in bands... We were terrible, you know. We we couldn't play. <laughs> we sort of like didn't know how to write songs. We didn't know, you know, anything really. I guess with the the advent of, of social media and you know, we able to actually go onto YouTube and almost type in how to write a song and get yeah. the basic. We we didn't have that, so our songs were just bad. It was like, right. <laughs> we like a couple of notes together for your verse, a couple of notes together for your chorus, and that yeah, was, yeah, that's it. Whereas now we're getting bands in from the surrounding towns. They're 15, 16 years old, and they're already, you know, the songs are, are well written. They're, yeah, they just got more about them than we ever did. I think, like, t- technically as well, I mean, um, as I was looking at your, your recording, thing, the fact that you can go to somebody's house and do yeah. a professional level recording. When, when we were kids, if we wanted to get a demo, we had to save up a few hundred pounds. So true, yeah. Go into, go into, like, some studio where there's some guy who's completely burnt out and, and it's just churning <laughs> out churning out crap demos. He doesn't care what you sound like. He just wants his, he wants his day rate and to yeah. get you in and out as quickly as possible. And you got those really clunky kind of demos where everything was there, but there was no, there was no care to it whatsoever. Whereas now you've got, you've got kids who are, you know, they're able to sit down with the laptops and they can get a good signal in and they, they can actually craft a song and yeah. make it sound good, get the production sounding good. I, don't, I think, I mean, the te- technology has been, been great. It's, it's sort of the democratized music, I guess. It was, it was always like the bands who had like rich parents that have demos. <laughs> yeah, it is great. I mean, especially in lockdown, I think there's a lot of people that have kind of, if they haven't been interested in recording, they've taken it up. Okay, so going on to lockdown, how has it affected the business? It was it was a weird one really because we didn't. I don't want to. I don't want to go on a big criticizing conservatives. No, it's all good. It's all good. Plenty of that about, and and I guess like it's 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 completely uncharted territory so it's probably a little bit unfair but we were we were open right to the end so we were open to the 20th of march and it was a strange time because we had on one hand we knew there was this this looming thing where we were going to have to close and the sooner we closed the better for everybody but at that point you know, I, didn't, I didn't know if i could pay my staff that month if we were to close so we ended up having to hang on until we were told to close insurance as well was an issue i mean it, it turned out to be just horrible but at that point as well you don't you didn't want to close voluntarily to then be told by an insurance company that you've made a decision commercially so the start of it was yeah we didn't know what was happening it was almost a relief to be told we have to close it's like okay well that's taken that out of, out of our hands now we've been lucky in that our business rates were quite high so it put us into the into the higher bracket for a grant right that covered everything that we were worried about at that point and we were able to we close the bar down Turned off all the electricity, which was is a considerable amount. All the staff are furloughed. And then using the grant money, we've been able to keep the staff on full wage as well. So we're one of the lucky ones, really, because we've qualified for the higher funding, but we don't have the overheads of some of the bigger bars. The landlords have been really reasonable as well. They own um, a hotel and restaurant in Harrogate. And that's their main business. And then they, they also invest in property. So they were very understanding and very aware of the problems because they were going through the same thing. So yeah, on, on the whole, I mean, we're, we're, every, every week we're closed, we're losing money. 
anybody, but it's yeah. not anywhere near as catastrophic as it could have been. I mean, I know I saw some of my friends' venues, they were like in much bigger buildings, so they were over the 50,000 cap on, on business rates, which meant that they got absolutely nothing, and, and they, they have much, much bigger overheads. And things like that, the music trust venue projects and the, the fundraisers have really, they've really rallied for those guys. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've tried to support them as much as we can. We're in, it's not, it's not a great position to be in, but I'm, I'm very aware that there's a lot of people who are in a, in a much worse position. We started doing up, um, in, until a few weeks ago, the, the back of the pub was just, it was just a yard where there was barrels and yeah. people went to smoke. And we've, uh, we've turned that into a beer garden. We've cleared everything out, a nice functional beer garden, which if we hadn't been forced to close for, three months probably would never have happened we just would never have found the time to do it there are positives i guess that's it yeah ours has been done pretty much entirely by volunteers one guy guy called mike he'd been furloughed from work and he yeah. was just he's like look anything anything i can do i'll come and do it so like, yeah yeah come down no problem and he come down and he said well i can do some painting on the wall because he's, he's an artist as well and he's basically transformed what was a backyard uh, it's, it's like a massive mural that goes all the way around the entire perimeter of the, the backyard. He's turning it into like a, like a Star Wars tiki garden thing. Oh, which is, wow. That sounds incredible. Um, yeah, and it's, and it's something that I, I would, you know, never in a million years will I have been able to do that. Yeah. If, if, I'd, if I'd tried to commission somebody to do it, it would have been thousands of pounds. And he said, look, like, I love coming to this bar. It's, it's a place that my friends come to. I can come here any night of the week. I know I can hang out with somebody. I'm sat at home doing nothing. I'd rather be down here than not. So he's, he's um, like the amount of work he's put into it has been phenomenal. In, in the town itself, we have like a really, a really good sort of support base. And, and people do just volunteer to do stuff. We put on a little festival last year. I had a guy said, oh, drop drum to sort out the stewards. I was like, I hadn't even thought of that. And he, um, yeah, he ran, he ran this a guy called Steve Moon. Uh, so he ran all the stewards for me. He, he did the door for me. He just did everything. And he had a, um, like a massive smile on his face for the, <laughs> the for both days, and he just he, he was that he was that first point of contact for people coming in. He had like a glittery beard, big smiley face. <laughs> and he was like, yeah, yeah, no, I'll just I'll just take some time off work and uh, I'll just come and help you out. Obviously, they're reopening pubs. What are your uh, plans for it? Well, we, we put out a statement yesterday, uh, basically saying we're not we're not going to we're not rushing to open on the fourth of July. For me, it just seems. I don't know, it just, it just seems madness to have like one day where, where every pub in the country can open. And it's like, you're basically going, okay, so you, a, a nation of drinkers, right, okay, so it's Saturday, go. Uh, I mean, the venues, we can't, we can't run live music anyway. That's, mm. that's not been allowed yet. But I can just see we've got limited, limited capacities, so we're going to be turning people away. You put alcohol into the mix. It, it just, I don't know, it just, it just seems like, um, yeah, it just seems like a recipe for absolute chaos to me. Yeah. And, and you don't want to be, when, when you're running the pub, you don't want to be, Policing people, you want you want people to be relaxed and having a nice time. You don't want to be going around and going, oh, space out. You know, like um, like some like, like Victorian courting parties. But when we first ended, it was like, right, okay, we need to get back open as soon as as soon as we can. But now, even like I say, even though we're, we're we're losing money by not being open, you don't want to contribute to the problem if you don't have to. Totally, um, yeah. I think there's going to be licensing issues. The media are going to be all over it. They're going to be if, if you remember when the beach is opened, like for, you had a week of the front cover of the papers of, of just photographs of people at the beach yeah. even though they've been allowed to do it and, and they're probably spaced as best they can it's, it's just in the nature of, of the media to look for the worst there's going to be true. pictures of bars that look packed still the angle will be horizontal so you can't have any depth perception yeah and it'll be you know the, the headlines are going to be you know big boozy britain blah 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 and and then there'll be all the people going, oh, well, this is going to lead to a second spike. Like they did with, with like the, the protests and the you know, anyone who disagrees with, with, with pubs being open 
will will use that as a stick to, to bat in the pubs with. And mm. the government are going to take any responsibility for that. They're going to say, well, we've, we've given guidelines and, yeah. and the pubs have all the guidelines. And then we're like the uh, the enemy of the, of the country. For, for, for it's such a difficult position to be in, I think, because the government's just put it all on you guys. And if they'd have done it on a Sunday, you know, people might have worked on the Monday morning, but yeah, they've yeah, opened yeah. it on yeah. Saturday. Yeah, yeah. It's like... Even like a Monday. But yeah, it's a weird one. I, I feel like there's... A lot, a lot of pubs, we're, we're lucky in that it's myself and, and Greg that own the bar. Yeah. A lot of venues are tied into breweries who are owned by these pub co's. And they, they, don't, they don't care. They want, mm. they, they basically go, okay, well, you can start trading today. You owe us rent. You owe us X, Y, yeah. Z. Yeah. You need, it's just people who are being forced to buy beer uh, because they, they've been told they're open. But they don't, they don't have a choice. Whether they're prepared or not, they have to open because... Yeah. People own the buildings and the pubs. I'm just instructing them to do it. It's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. Do you reckon you'll just gradually open again? or What we want to do is just, just not rush into it, really. I mean, we, we want to be open as quickly as we can. We want to get back to, you know, see, see the, the, the regulars, the, the, the friends as well. You know, it's, yeah. it's, it's, I haven't seen them for, for three months. We do want to get open as quick as we can. But what I want to do is, is I want to just, just see see how it how it actually looks in reality. Mm. I think it's better to be, to be a little bit cautious, a little bit patient, do it properly. Or, or even make the decision that, well, actually, this is a catastrophe. Let's you know, leave it a few more weeks. It's, it's like a big switch. Once once we open, we have to bring staff off furlough. The electricity yeah. has to go down. So all, all of a sudden, you're to 100% of your outgoings are back. If nobody's coming out, for example, you've got less customers uh, for the same bills. Or if we have to do table service, we need more staff or less yeah. customers. Yeah, the, the balance doesn't it doesn't really work to, to be a viable business. Them. The thing is, once once you take people off, though, you can't then re-register them. Once the electricity goes back on, it's it's like for, for all the coolers, so we'll get stock in. We can't yeah. then just turn the electricity off because we lose all the stock. So everything's either on or off, basically. Yeah, just tell people how they can support the venue. We do, we do have the um, Music Venue Trust fundraiser running. Not really pushed it too hard, like I say, because there are there's a lot of people who need stuff more than we do. But we're doing, there's a company that's selling uh, gig posters through it. So like posters of, of, of stuff that's happened at our, at our venue. Uh, there's a t-shirt uh, running as well. We did a, like a special edition t-shirt at the start of lockdown. So we did a pre-order on that. Just got a new stock of regular t-shirts in. And then there's going to be another one that we're going to release uh, okay. to, basically for the opening of the garden. So it's like a, like a big design at the moment. I mean, it, it, it is fundraising, but I quite like being able to, give people something for the money as well. Because a lot of people would like, like to buy t-shirts anyway. I'll put the links on the bio that I do. I think that's everything. Lovely to speak to you. Thank yeah, you very you much too. for um, giving me the opportunity to chat to you.